much, um, so much for that prayer, uh, Minister Sam. Uh, I'm going to get started in a minute, but I just, you know, when I look, I'm looking on here and I look at black boxes, I'm also imagining your faces as I look at the black boxes. So I just want to say uh, thank you to everyone who's here uh, tonight, this evening. And thank you again, Minister um, Sam. Um, it's always such a pleasure and it's an honor and privilege to be here again. For a while, I wasn't able to come because I had a course on Tuesday. So, I, you know, I, um, I'm, my course has changed the day of the week. And, you know, when you're back on Tuesday nights, I get like flutters because my hands go, oh, I'm back at, I'm back at Bible study. So, <laughs> it's like, oh, Lord, I'm back at Bible study. So I'm just so honored to be here. And I just want to say really briefly, too, before I start presenting, it is, um, I am in some ways sometimes overwhelmed with what um, Apostle Teresa has just really poured into us, the conservators here, and just um, having the honor and privilege to, to teach, really, um, and to help grow us up and, and uh, mature us. So that because um, I've presented many places, but it's something about when you when you're teaching the word of God, it's just different. You know, the young people say it just hit differently. Um, it's a Holy Ghost difference, you know, so I'm just really honored to be here. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen and get started here. All right. All righty here. Let me move this over a little bit trying something new here. Um, I'm going to come up out of here because I actually want my screen to be larger. I'm sorry about that. Uh, here we go. Okay, so I want to know, does everyone see the screen? Yes, full screen is what I want you to see. Okay, very good. So tonight, I, I want to talk about uh, prepare to receive. Um, I, there's a lot I can say about there. There's a lot that's been going on since we've had our um we had our uh, meeting, we had our, um, you know, Bending Hard Mentorship Conference. There's so many, what I call downloads that the Lord has given me. And it's not separate. It's not separate from what I've been doing. Um, and I'll share it late, later. Um, I'm currently in school and from the conference, I now have um, people say, how can you get that? A, ho a Holy Spirit has given me actually a theoretical framework to, to a lens, a prophetic lens from which I can continue to do the work that I do uh, in education. And so that came to me, it came to me in my writing and my reflection and time of introspection after the conference. So it's just overwhelming me because I continue to get all of this and it's tied together and it's flowing in the stream. And so tonight I'm going to talk about uh, prepare to receive. And again, as always, we have a disclaimer here um, for you all, just something that um, we conservators always ensure that we do because the work that we do um, is very important. And we want others to know that um, there is some original work and there's some copyrighted work. But in all things, we want to ensure 
that we always have that disclaimer there. Um, other things to keep in mind, usually um, when I'm in a, anyone is in a frame of mind, no matter what you're doing when you're teaching, but specifically for Bible study, things I always tell people to keep in mind um, as you prep, you know, there, there are things that we can do um, and, and prepare, you know, having our physical Bibles, having our notebooks, having our pens, highlighters, all of that. Uh, post-its, whatever you use, you know, we use our biblical tools. Some of us have our Strong's Concordance, all of those. But what I'm asking you to do right now is what we always ask you to do whenever you come, whether it's a Tuesday or a Sunday, things to kind of keep in mind. And that is to be open to new understanding. Um, and Apostle Teresa always says that whenever there's something new, an idea that's being presented to you, if you have like this internal thing that is going on with you, like maybe a conflict and you have this, uh, this internal, this angst that is going on to push it because sometimes it may be internally in your mind, um, not able to intake this new information. But if you're in a posture, not a pose, not, we're not posing, but a posture of learning, then you position yourself from a place of humility so that you open yourself to always learning. So we're open to new understanding and, and reaffirmation of pre-existing understanding of the word. So, you know, no matter who's teaching, it could be Prophet LA, it could be Prophet Andrea, it could be Apostle Pamela, but there's always gonna be a new understanding or reaffirmation of what we already know that, so that our roots go down deep. And from that, we have this clarity, right? We, we're clear in our thinking, um, we don't have this this uh, duplicity in our thinking. We're not going from pillar to post. We're not carried away by every whim of doctrine, um, but we have clarity and we don't have confusion in our thinking. So it sharpens us, it focuses us. And then we also, we're in a posture of yielding. We're submitting to the word of God. There's that place of humility, knowing that as you know, Minister Sam said, we haven't reached this pinnacle of, of knowing things. We We don't, we never get to that. Um, there's always more, you know, Dr. K always said, there's always more, there's always more. And I think about the life of Dr. K and I said, wow, um, just really briefly, we were having a discussion one time and, um, and she had a way of doing technology that I hadn't thought about. And I'm like, my God, this woman is always the way her mind thinks always, even when it comes to technology, no matter what it is, always growing. And then, you know, the best part, having this expectation that, I'm expecting something great. I'm expecting something. God is going to do it again. I'm anticipating that there's going to be a deeper understanding of something. Um, and so just posture yourself for that at this time. Um, as always, we do talk about the foundations, which are very important, you know, to be grounded, to be rooted in something. And these are the guiding principles of the scribal conservatory. Um, for now, one, one thing that we will focus on, the last two are really important as it pertains to receiving, right, preparing to receive, and that is elevating Christ above men. You know, Apostle Teresa talked about that. It's Christ over everything and everyone. You know, um, I don't know if you've ever been in conversation with people who are really close to uh, their family. You know, they use this acronym FOE, you know, family over everything. And I've always said, wow, that's, uh, that's deep. That's real deep, you know, family over everything. But we understand that it is Christ, you know, Christ over everything and Christ over everyone and also increasing understanding. So these are the two pillars that are really important um, as we move forward. 
Minister Chiquita, we are not seeing you move um, through your slides. You can't? Yeah. Ah, okay, I'm sorry. I don't think we can hear you. I think you muted. Okay, can you see that now? No? Yes, yes. Yeah. I, okay. I can see it, I can see it. Okay, can everyone else see it? I'm so sorry. Can everyone yes. else see that? Okay, all right. I'm not sure what happened on there, all right. Okay, so again, just kind of going over those four pillars that we talked about, um, transforming nations, reinforcing covenant, elevating Christ above men, and then increasing understanding. So one of the things that I, I also um, like to talk about just um, in terms of as we continue to prepare is when we're looking at biblical texts, there are two things that we want to look for as we study the Bible, because as, as I'm presenting, you're all having the time to, to reflect, to look at the text, to see how it applies to your life. So I always have these two, uh, you know, two, two principles to use, and that is biblical text itself. You know, sometimes when you're in a Bible study or you're listening to a message, so free you can say, you know, that would be a really good word for sister so-and-so, or that's a really good word for brother. But I think it's really important that we think about um, how does that text apply to us, right? And I call this process, you know, self-excavation. If you look at uh, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 13, 5 and 7, it says, examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith, test yourself. Do you not know yourself that Jesus Christ is in you? unless indeed you are disqualified. But I trust, but I trust that you will know that we are not disqualified, right? And so there's this process of looking at the biblical text, how it applies to your life, and then looking at the biblical text to the world so that you have this prophetic lens. Ephesians 1, 17 and 18 tells us that, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. And so there are two things that we do when we look at biblical texts. We examine ourselves, but we also have this lens that we look at the world, which is called a prophetic lens, which is having the mind of Christ to see things, right? So as you listen and as you read the word of God, and as I go through this scripture, just kind of be intentional in its application to your life first, right? So Proverbs 1 and 3 tells us to receive the instruction, right? There are a couple of things. Receive instruction of wisdom. You know, the word also talks about justice, justice, judgment, and also talks about equity, right? And as you read more and more and you apply those biblical, that biblical text to your life, right? Be sure to extend that, deepen it even more so, and then broaden your understanding of it and apply it through reteaching to others. But you have to get that. You have to get the roots down deep before you begin to reteach that. So these are some things I always talk about before we get into a lesson, if, whether you're uh, studying by yourself or someone is presenting a lesson, 
It's always important to apply that biblical text to yourself and then to apply that uh, prophetic lens, biblical text to the world. Right? So I want to engage um, what I call your biblical schemata, right? So we've, we've been talking about a lot, right? And Apostle Teresa talked about the vein that we're flowing in. And I love the teaching, how each teaching builds upon the next one. So we think about how all the teachings the last two weeks, right? How our brain organized the knowledge and the deeper understanding that, that Holy Spirit gave to Apostle Teresa. And it was, and some of it is based on our past experience, but there's a biblical schemata that we have that when we begin to read um, the stories or narratives, or when we engage texts, we're learning over and over. And we have a schemata. We have a set of, of, of ideals and principles, spiritual principles that we have that begins to guide us, right? So we had on uh, 4-9, what is eternal life for real, right? Receive truth, receive the love of God. And that subtitle, receive truth and receive the love of God, I said, wow, um, that's really important because we say that, but do we really receive it? Do we really receive it? Sometimes we can call it, you know, a great exchange, um, but it's important that we receive, we receive the truth and receive. And I'll talk a little bit more about what it means to receive that truth, right? So it's not like we're just looking at the word and saying, you know, I, I know this to be the truth, but what does it mean to actually receive the truth. What does that mean to receive the truth? And then, of course, letting go of Moses and embracing Christ, right? So as believers, we are understanding in Christ, we understand there's a better way. There's a better way to doing things, right? And, and I love that in the conservatory, when we talk about these things, we're not talking about that some other way is, is our way is, is uh, you know, we're not uh, putting down and diminishing the way someone else does something. We're simply saying that with Christ, there is a better way, right? With Christ, it's not about your works. With Christ, if we allow ourselves to understand who Christ made us, if we allow ourselves to embrace and apprehend our new identity, then we'll find out that a lot of this work and a lot of this angst and a lot of this huffing and puffing and a lot of this building up and performative stuff it's not necessary. Uh, the performative stuff doesn't really it doesn't bring us closer, right, to Christ, right? In some ways, we think it does because in the natural, right, you know, if you work a little harder and you work a little faster, and maybe you will get better results. But we we've, we've tied that into our spiritual life when it is not so. We don't need to do that. So, what does it mean to embrace Christ? To say that to have the mind of Christ, to renew the spirit of our minds. So that when we think about something, when we think on these things, we're thinking with the mind of Christ, right? And of course, um, in the last uh, teaching on Sunday, um, that we that was anchored in Hebrews 3, 1 through 6, being that Jesus has been found worthy of more honor than Moses. I think that is so important. Like we say it a lot. And I don't know if you any of you have been in discussion um, with others, sometimes when you are in conversation, you know, you're engaging someone and, you know, your focus is always Christ and, you know, someone is bringing up the spirit of this or the spirit of that. And, you know, you wait and you listen attentively to the conversation and you're humble and, 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 and listening to them. But you also want to share that Christ, the way of Christ is the better way. The way of Christ is the better way. And I think if some people 
if some people allow themselves to receive that, we don't know what can happen to their lives. It can change the trajectory of your life if you're ready and prepare yourself to receive that. So I'm just gonna go um, to the um, uh, comments a little bit just to see um, what you have there. It's just, it, for me, um, this part about receiving was so personal and I'll talk about that a little bit more, All right? So here's what I want you to do if you can do this. Have you ever received a gift that you didn't think you were worthy of receiving? Just put in the chat box. You don't have to tell me why, but just type in the chat box if you can. If you ever received something and you were like, mm, wow. Or maybe you're the person who was like, is that all? I mean, just be honest, be honest. Have you ever received something that you didn't think you were worthy of receiving? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, indeed. I see a lot of, yeah. I see a lot of yes. Yes. Someone say yes all the time. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Someone says feels awkward. Yeah, it does. It does. It feels awkward at times. I had a big issue when I was a child receiving compliments. I mean, like it was, it was like, it was a little bit too much. Like, you know, if someone would compliment me and I would say, well, don't say that. You, well, you look cute. You're beautiful. And someone would compliment my shoes and like, all these old things, uh, you know, all these, they're not that cute. I mean, it was a, it was a serious issue with me um, until I had a cousin had to say, you just need to stop it. Just, just stop it. Stop it, right? Wow, I have given stuff back. Wow, yeah, learning to receive. That is so huge, 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 huge. Thank you, thank you for your engagement. Thank you for that. So I think one of the reasons that we deal with that is we deal with these two things of worthiness and identity, right? So looking at the relationship of whether or not we felt we were worth whatever particular gift that was or receiving. And sometimes it, it could have been, you know, something tangible, but sometimes it's intangible. So someone can give of their time to you, you know, um, someone can give a listening ear. Um, but this whole relationship between who you are in Christ and your worthiness in Christ, your value in Christ. What is the relationship of that to receiving, accepting that and embracing that, right? So that's that's the vein that we're in right now. And one of the reasons why I thought about this because we had a really good question um, the last time and Apostle uh, Teresa addressed it, but someone really had this question about sometimes I really wonder, you know, if I'm worthy enough for God to, to bless me or, if um if I should be if you know if I'm if I'm of value and I can't remember the exact words but we all have felt that at one time or another and and sometimes we do say to ourselves when we look at the grace of God and how merciful like we can all look at our lives and look at times when we would have said to ourselves you know whoa you were you were you know you were kind of pitiful right kind of pitiful but God is so merciful and so gracious right. Um, and the way that he continues to bless us and 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 um, aligns us or puts us in relationship with people who can bless us. Uh, and even in those moments when 
we have made mistakes, right? Uh, even in those moments when we felt we were at our lowest, right? We we know we were not we we were not acting like image bearers, right? We have all had those times, right? That we uh, felt we were not worthy, but God being so merciful, the way that he sees us is so different. So I want us to think about this whole relationship between how you see yourself and your ability to receive, accept, embrace, really apprehend to take hold of that, right? So once we can receive it, accept it, and embrace it, then we can utilize and flow in what God gives us, right? I hope that's making sense to everyone. Yes, but God, but God. Absolutely. All right. So I wanted to uh, take a look at this word receive. All right. So, so many times a diminished view of self inhibits one's ability to receive. Right. So, and that's why I love the idea of, of examining yourself to seeing where you are. Right. And there are some things that you can do. We'll talk about later when you are in this uh, phase of, of, of not seeing yourself the way Christ sees you, right? Um, there's, once you see yourself as Christ sees you, there's a boldness that comes about you. Not uh, that you're better than everybody, not that you're lording yourself everyone over everyone else, um, not that you think that, that who you are is greater, but there's a boldness, right? There's a Holy Spirit boldness. There's a, a sense of confidence and assurance that comes to you once you can accept your identity in Christ. But if you have a diminished view of yourself, you don't think you're worthy, or if you're dealing with some issues, and we'll talk about this a little later, issues of self-sabotage, it's, it, it gets in the way, it blocks it, your ability to receive. So um, in Hebrews and Strong's 3947, the, the Hebrew word is laka, to, to lay hold, to acquire, to take possession of, right? So receiving is to acquire it, acquire it. You, have, you now have possession of that, right? All right. And then if we look at even looking at the, the Greek word for receive, lambano, right? To take hold of, to lay hold of, to take up, to take upon oneself. All of these are not just about um, uh, receiving, consuming, right? If, if that's the right word, it's about I'm taking something and consuming it, but I'm laying hold of it. I'm taking possession of it, right? I'm taking it up. I'm taking it upon myself. So it's not a passing thing, right? It's something that now becomes a part of me and I can use it in order to move forward. And so I think that's very important when we talk about the essence of what receiving. There's so many scriptures, both in Old Testament and New Testament about receiving. And again, the importance of understanding your identity, who you are in Christ, allows you to receive that, to, to be open to receive what God has for you. Right. So let's talk about some things that can get in the way of of receiving. You know, I, I talked about a, a diminished perception of self and how it leads to self-sabotage. Right. Um, and and self-sabotage is the most appropriate word because sometimes we can we um, we deflect. Right. And we say that it's others. Right. Someone did this something something to me. Someone sabotaged me or not. Not, you know, we all have our we all we know our phrases. Right. Not today, devil. Right. Get out of my way. We have a whole bunch of they got a whole bunch of memes, a whole bunch of phrases that we say to ourselves. Some of it is uh, 
<laughs> Some of it we say, we say to our friends, we exchange different things. They got t-shirts, they got buttons. Um, I was at work one day and one of my coworkers wrote a hat on his big t-shirt. I ain't, I, I'm not messing with, don't mess with me today, devil. I said, wow, that's, that's deep. That is really deep, right? Um, but to be transparent, I had to grow in my understanding of, of how to renew my mind to not putting, so, putting all this focus on the enemy or the devil, right? Right, so I have to either believe greater is he that's in me and he that's in the world. Either you believe it or you don't, right? Either you have apprehend the truth of that or you don't. So these are some things that can lead to um, self-sabotage, right? And you may look at this list. I've got, I'll go through this list and you may say, you know, you may not think that it's an act of self-sabotage, but look, think about procrastination, right? Postponing or putting, putting completion of tasks and projects off, right? That's that's something that you're doing. You know, no one busts up in your house and say, don't write that paper. You do it to yourself, right? You come up with every other thing that you can think about instead of staying focused, staying on the path that leads to completion of that, right? That that can be an example of self-sabotage. Excuse making, right? So someone gives you a task or you have something that you need to do and you come up with every reason that it cannot be done but I don't have this, right? You know, but so-and-so said this, you know, I was thinking about as, as I was preparing for this and I can't think about it, but there's, there's a phrase that used to say, I know, I know you are, but what am I? We need to ask ourselves, I know that's happening, but who am I? Oh, I know that's happening, but who am I? Oh, I know she did that over there, but who am I? Right? So these are internal, these are conversations we need to have with ourselves when we come up with excuses to not lay hold and apprehend who we are in Christ, right? Lack of focus, right? The inability to give attention to something, right? Looking over here, looking over there, you know, finding something else to do, you know, supposed to be studying the word of God and you're on, you're on three different social media posts, you know, and, and that, and that's not, <laughs> we all, we all on social media. Social media has a, has, has a, a, Uh, a purpose, right? When used carefully, but we, you know, you can think of a whole bunch of things to do, especially when it comes to you getting something accomplished, right? Lack of focus, calling someone, texting someone over and over again, you're supposed to be getting something done and you go out and you go to two or three different stores and do retail therapy. And then you're further in trouble because you, you, spending money you don't have, lack of focus. You see how that trail leads down, goes on and on and on, right? Slothfulness. Slothfulness. Whoo! Slothfulness. Slothfulness. A refusal to put the work in necessary to complete a task, right? You know, your behavior, your ability to manage yourself is lackluster, right? You're sitting down looking at a page or you're supposed to get some kind of work done. You promised someone you would spend some time with them. You know, you don't, they call you, don't pick up the phone and they text you, you ignore it. Slothfulness, right? So these are some other things. Denial, right? Just a continuation and constant state of negativity, 
just constant, you know, even if you have people who are, uh, you know, pouring into you, right? You know, just because your mind, you haven't renewed your mind to that, the spirit of your mind, you have these in, these internal thoughts, right? It's a constant state of negativity, no matter what. You can see some things, but then there's always that that thing, that little thing inside of you where you're denying your ability and then negative thoughts, right? So just giving in to an inability to comprehend the mind of Christ. So these are all self self-sabotage. It didn't say group sabotage, right? Neighbor sabotage, nope. Coworker sabotage, nope. Manager sabotage, nope. Boss man, boss woman sabotage, nope. Self-sabotage, the things that we do to ourselves, right? The things that we do that inhibit us, right? It dim- Our diminished perception of ourselves inhibit us from receiving, right? It, it, we, we can't receive if we continue to go through this process of sabotaging anything that comes up, anything that keeps us in line when we think we're in that vein, right? We're rising early. We're, 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 we're trying to be in prayer. We're trying to get things done, right? But then there's those thoughts that come back to us. And these are continuous acts. And there are more. These are just a few that I wanted to share with you. Just a few. Just a few. Yeah. Yeah. I see some comments in <laughs> self, self-sabotage. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what, what happens? Um, what, what can be done? Because there's always something, you know. Um, when the word says hope in you, uh, the, 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 um, you know, Christ in you, the hope of glory, that's exactly what it means. So when we go through this process of reconciliation, I want to share this because the one other thing that Apostle Teresa talked about is getting into Colossians. And I don't know if you like me, just briefly, I'll share. Sometimes when someone tells me to read something and I'll read it, right? You, you know, you, you do a quick read through, you get to a second read through. But if you like me, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes at night, you know, um, I'll listen to the word, I'll have it on. And, um, you know, Colossians, you know, uh, there's a particular narrator that I like, uh, his name, I don't know his last name, but his first name is David. He has that, that British accent, you know, Colossians, right? I'm listening to it um, and listening, listening. And I tell you the next thing, you know, uh, I'm, I'm asleep and I'm like, I didn't miss, I didn't miss chapter three and wake up and now he's he's reading Matthew or something, you know, I don't know if you're like me, you ever listen to the word or you listen to it, you know, for about 30, 45 minutes and you go to sleep and you wake up and you're like, ah, he's on Luke now. How you get on Luke 25th chapter? You know, fell asleep. Anyway, that's the, that's, that's what happens to me uh, sometimes, but um, there's nothing better I would rather do. Um, but it always amazes me when I'm, I said in my mind that I'm going to listen to something and then I'm like, I have to go back and, and review it again. But I love this First uh, Colossians 21 and 22. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. That's a moment of pausing right there. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind enemies in your mind by wicked works yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death 
to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight, right? So we've been, he reconciled himself through Christ, to himself, through Christ, right? So that becomes, that becomes your new identity. And that's important for you to lay hold of. That's something to apprehend. That's something for you to lay upon yourself. That's something for you to get deep down into your spirit and understand that you are a new creature, right? So this, this is, these are some things that you can go through as, as, as um, um, you're beginning to um, deal with some self-sabotaging ways. And as you're beginning to, to understand fully um, who your identity is and as you're preparing yourself to receive. So we're just going to go through a couple of scriptures here. Right. This is one we all say, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Right. We say it all the time. Right. There's so many scriptures that attest to who we are in Christ. Um, And just to be very transparent with you, sometimes when I read it, I'm thinking, God thinks that of me. Wow. 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 I think that's something we should all reflect on in those moments when we are feeling defeat or something didn't go a particular way that we thought it should go to read what God, who God says you are. We are God. We, we are God's handiwork. God, God, who created the earth, who created the universe who created all this, all this, all the majesty, the beauty and the splendor of what we see, all of this, that I am God's handiwork, that I'm created in Christ Jesus to do good work. That to read those should really um, bear witness with you, but it should also affirm and attest to who God says you are, right? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. A new creature, right? And a new creature. Not that you are a new creature because you got some new shoes, okay? You got a new hairstyle. All that's cute, right? You got new clothes, right? You got a new watch. You got new earrings, you know? You went in and got new make, but you are a new creature, right? That who you are, you you will never be the same that your spirit has been renewed. That before you were reconciled, I mean, this, this, I'm trying to tell you, this is how I feel um, when I think about and when I meditate on the word of God, that we have become new. And so are we really laying hold of that? Are we really receiving what God says about us? That we are new creatures, right? There's so many things that are going on in the world. There's so many things that can entrap us and get us really uh, entangled, entangled and enmeshed and, and some foolishness. But what does God say about us? That those old things have passed away, that all things have become new. Let's move on. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, right? As the elect of God, right? So sometimes we do need to take the time 
because we're reading words a lot and the words sound really good, but sometimes we need to really dig these words out and do a word study and really come to terms with what these words mean, that these are not empty words. These words are intentional, they're, they're purposeful, um, they have great meaning to them, and, and God wants us to know that's how he feels about us, right? Let's move on. So there are some other things that I wanna talk about that's important because we can talk about self-sabotaging ways, but we need to also um, apply the biblical text to ourselves and see how we can overcome that, right? So we're not here just to sit and wallow in self-sabotaging acts and say, yeah, I know, yeah, I know that's how I am. I can't help it, right? I, I, that's just my personality. That's just how I am. I mean, I don't know uh, how many of you, in fact, if you can put just in the chat box of me, how many of you have used this phrase before? That's just me. That's just my personality, right? That's just me. That's just my personality, right? Someone says something about you like, mm, I, I'm not going to change that. that I'm not going to change that. That's just who I am. They can forget about that. How many of you have been, have said something like that before? That's just me. That's just my personality. That's just, that's just the way that I am. Right? Right? Yes. 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 So many of us have said that before. That's just, that's just who I am. That's just who I am. i tell you a little secret. This is what I used to say. I don't know if I can confront something. I don't know if I can confront people, right? I don't, just confrontation. Mm -mm. That's just not my thing. I'd rather just push it down and not deal with it, right? Oh, I just do not, mm -mm, I just do not like conflict. Somebody might say something that hurts my feelings, right? That's just my personality, right? I spent, uh, you know, well over a, a lot of my life, not half of my life, but a lot of my life thinking that way, right? And, and pushing things down and having what, what I like to call approval addiction, right? So I'm just going to go along to get along because I don't want the conflict, right? But greater is who? Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world, right? So what am I fearful of? And who says I can't address something? And what happens if I ask a question? What happens if I want to reconcile something and I bring it up? What happens if I go to a person and says, I have an ought with you. I want to discuss this. How can we make this better? What if I learn to use the language of reconciliation? What if I learned to say, you know, I did something that I wasn't supposed to do, but how can we make it better? You know, what if I learned some biblical scripts? What if I just used the scripture and just had that thing all deep down inside of me and the Holy Spirit said, hey, I'm here. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Don't be scared. You're not going to die. I'm not going to leave you out on limb. You're not going to fall off the cliff. I'm here for you. What if? What if? What if the boldness start rising inside of me, not in a way where I'm egotistical, you know, but in a way that says, do you know who you are? Right. So these are things that we need to think about. So some here's some more steps. Enter prayer. Be intentional in your time and space. Right. 
So where are you spending your time? You know, I, I have a, you know, not that you have to be there all the time, but we all have our, our places, you know, our physical location where we feel like we can have a time of prayer and have a conversation with God and sometimes listen and sometimes listen, right? And and not be speaking so much is like, what, what are you doing? You're trying to talk your way out of a blessing, right? Been there, right? Trying to read. Why are you trying to reason with God? God already knows your thoughts before you open your mouth. Stop trying to reason with God. You already know, right? But being intentional in our time, in our space, right? So <clears throat> Matthew 6, 5 through 8 gives a great um, example of that. And I'm going to read it here. It says, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, right? And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard by their many words. And so God, again, God is so gracious, so merciful, and he's so faithful that he really gives us wonderful texts so that we can align our prayer life with what he says in his word, right? And allow Holy Spirit to wash you with the watering of the word, right? I'm going to tell you, I got the secret. To read that scripture and be like, the word, the word, like I had a vision of words washing me, like all the, like from my crown of my head, like, like how that work, right? <laughs> how does how does that work, right? But that's exactly what happens: the watering of the word, washing you with the word, right? So just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for her, that He might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word by the word, washing you by the word, right? So again, those self-sabotaging thoughts, you know, we're looking for patterns of dysfunction in our lives, right? Because they will crop up. At those times when you're examining yourself and you're going through your self-excavation process, right? If you are open and allowing Holy Spirit to speak to you, Holy Spirit is gentle. Holy Spirit is not going to condemn you, but Holy Spirit will say, hmm, you just keep circling back doing the same thing. What's going on with that, Chiquita? Hmm, right? So allowing that word to wash you, right? Getting, allowing the roots to go deeper, deeper. So when there's a moment of, of um, that you think this despair or a moment of contention or confusion, that Holy Spirit will be, bring that word back to your remembrance and you'll be able to deal with those patterns of dysfunction. And then lastly, incorporate community care now, I'm just going to tell you, I, I, I say a lot about self-care, but really it's community care, right? And really it's God care. I know, yeah, I know what people mean when they say that, because it's a big buzzword. We all have, you know, this is a moment of self-care, you know? I went and had a picnic and moments of self-care. You know, I went and had a pedicure. My yeah, I I get it. I really do. I really do. But um, sometimes I'm really, I really wonder sometimes when we 
there's a word or phrase and we grab a hold of it and then it's just overused and then it's misused and that's not really what we mean but if we're we're endeavoring to stay in a posture of learning if we understand that god has meant for us to be in core need then we need to understand that community care is so important right because we're not we're not on this island by ourselves right we are healing in community we are caring for one another it's um, actually it's second corinthians 1 and 4 says who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by god and so it is important that when we are in those moments where we think that we can handle it all by ourselves that's why community is so important right so even thinking about your mind because again we overuse the word uh, self-care, right? Those healing moments and healing times are going to come when we keep ourselves rooted in community, good community, community that's aligned with the word of God. You know, people who are just themselves, who are genuine, who want to love on you, who check in on you, um, who want to who want to be honest with you, who, who want to be there for you when you fall, um, who will allow you to share with them. But shifting our thinking from um, it's all about me and myself and self-care. No, it's all about you being in community. It's all about you being in a family. It's all about God who wants you to be a part of his family, right? You're not a family by yourself. You are a part of the families that make up the family that God wants you to be a part so dearly. So these are some things that you can think about. Uh, if you find yourself you know, um, activating one of those self-sabotages acts and you're not prepared to receive, these are some things that you can do. And again, it may not even be uh, chronological. It may not be like a step one, you do this and this will happen. It may be a cyclical thing. Like you have to continue this process, right? Continue to do it, a continuous process, right? And it's, it's, it's kind of like a spiral where you're, uh, uh, continuing a process, but you're also growing, right? You're growing and thinking, okay, I have to continue this day in prayer. I have to be open and allow Holy Spirit to speak to me. I have to make sure I'm in community, you know? I have to make sure that I'm, um, I'm, I'm telling myself that I'm giving myself affirmations. These are all important um, to opening yourself and embracing your identity in Christ and preparing yourself to receive. And then lastly, um, I just put some uh, scriptures on here. All of these are about receiving. There are so many. In Proverbs alone, um, there are about seven scriptures where you will see the word receive. Just really, it's so important, right? So a word maybe that we um, read and we just keep moving on. But I will tell you, and, and as, I, uh, as I finish up now, because I, I would love to hear some of your thoughts on this and where you, some of you are in receiving, because there are some things that we receive better than others. But um, on that particular day when Apostle Teresa, that I tell you, that subtitle, receive truth and receive the love of God, it's something that just it just hit me. I don't know. It just received it. Can you receive the truth? Can you receive the love of God? Right? Because if you can, 
then it 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 opens you up. It opens so many doors and it opens you up to receiving other things that he has for you, right? So with that, um, that is the end. Thank you so much for, um, I'm gonna close out here for just spending time today, this evening. Um, I did wanna share really briefly, um, and I'm, um, I haven't even shared this with Apostle Teresa, but um, there was also something else when I was at the um, heart uh, bending conference. Um, there is a, a way that I uh, talk about, because I, you know, as a librarian that I talk about um, reading text, right? Uh, whatever it is. And there's someone's um, a paradigm, right? So the paradigm talks about um, mirrors, windows, and sliding glass doors. And some of you uh, may have heard that before. It's a paradigm that a lot of people, if you're you're reading, and like for reading teachers or English, that's when it's, there's a, a woman by the name of um, uh, Bishop Sims, Sims Bishop, I'm sorry, Rudine Sims Bishop. So all during the conference, when we were talking, there was a session we had on um, culture and culture makers and being image bearers. And Holy Spirit says to me that um, whatever you do, that, that's exactly what you're doing. That being when you begin to read something, that it is a mirror, that Christ wants you to see what he sees. And it is a window. So when you begin to see things, no matter what you read, to use that prophetic lens, it is a window. So that when now when you're looking at something, that you're seeing others, no matter what they may look like physically, that you begin to see them as Christ sees them, right? So I, I'm still kind of teasing that out, but there's so much that I got from that conference and so much in the last couple of weeks, just from the teachings that I've just been writing um, down trying to really uh, formulate them and get them um, really together and organized in a way where I can put the language to it and, and, and maybe even have a new lexicon for it. But it's so much that I've been really negotiating and navigating through that has really helped me um, and really allowed me to say, you know, God, I'm, I'm ready, I'm prepared to receive. I'm prepared to receive all that you have. And so I'll leave it at that. Again, thank you all so much for um, just allowing me to share what was on my heart. And um, the floor is now open. Anyone? Amen. Before